When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, hello, and welcome to the November 5th. It's Sunday evening. The New York Knickerbockers just whooped the Indiana Pacers. Well, kind of. They, I, I don't know. They, they came from behind. We, <laughs> we, we were kind of ready to give up, and the Knicks showed that they're the best team in basketball. So we'll, uh, we'll, talk, about, we'll talk about that in a little more. But uh, let's, we're talking Knicks. Let's go Knicks. The New York Knicks select Kristaps Porzingis. So today I am joined by the brothers Doom and Gloom, Greg and Ken Poon. Greg, how are you? I'm doing well, Jake. It's good to be back. Uh, we were just talking. Me and you last week on last week's podcast, we predicted a three in one week. And it happened. I know I, I I was saying I'm ready for the Knicks to just be a playoff team, but you weren't ready for that. But now that after the three and one week, I think everybody's ready. We're, I mean, we're basically, I don't know, I'm buy lotto tickets. I don't know. We're <laughs> we've got this whole thing figured out. Ken, Ken, bring Guys, us back down to earth or right something. Now. What's that? We're over five hundred. Right? We're over five hundred. I know. So you know, we're probably going to the playoffs. Cleveland's, you know, they're gone. They're losing to the Hawks. I don't even know what's happening there. Times are good is all I'm saying. Times Greg and I good. were just at a party, you know. My Love my parties. older brother, yeah, my older brother popped the big question. I asked his girlfriend uh, if she wanted to go to Applebee's. This podcast mm. brought to you by Applebee's, by the way. Yep. So you know things are going good. I found a whole rat in my cob salad. Um, Jake, 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 Jake. Yes. Rob, Rob got engaged today. Did you know? No, I'm just finding that out. I yeah. I put that together with the Applebee's thing. Because he nobody did actually say he got down on knee and said, Do you want to go to Applebee's later? And then he's like, No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Do you want That's pretty I'm, good. It's the best joke we ever pull. That's that's the perfect proposal. Um so well, yeah, let's talk I mean, next. No, let's keep on that. No. Um <laughs> we'll circle back. I was actually a yeah, we- fellow fellow correspondent. Uh, Tom Piccolo, not on the show today. I was kind of hoping he was going to be here to keep us in check, but now that he's not, let's just let the wheels off. All like, right, I I got an idea. Uh, yes, Jake, you talk Knicks. Kenny, you talk engagement, and I'm talking uh, Stranger Things. Stranger Things podcast. Let's do okay. it. We're it's a three Perfect. in one podcast today, folks. Perfect. But let's we'll have, we'll try have, out the Knicks thing a little more. Um, have we made the the Frank Nitty eleven memes yet? Are those going out? I I haven't. I think we should. I, All right, we'll, we'll I get on think it, it would be disre- disrespectful to Frank because he's more powerful. But let's mm-hmm. we'll let's go back. We'll look at the week that was. Uh, we had four games this week, like Greg mentioned. <laughs> we we were joking before the podcast that uh that the Nuggets game was the pivot game because the Nuggets are a good team. They're coming to the Garden. They're a solid team, I should say, and. We said, you know, if they win that game, they're probably losing to the Rockets, but you think they're going to get the Suns game. And then all this Knicks excitement we're talking about, 
and it kind of, it played out exactly that way. They get the W against the Pacers. Um, they're five and four. You probably won't hear a more excited podcast about a five and four basketball team. Uh, I, you know, I, I sent out some notes before this. I mean, the, the thing that jumps out in the three wins, KP went for 38, 37 and 40. I mean, it's, it's kind of out of control. It's awesome. I, that's, yeah. that's, that's what I'll feed you guys with. It's awesome. After tonight, he's officially averaging over 30. So, you know, he's a, uh, he's a real thing right now and it's looking great and it's an exciting time to be a Knicks fan. Now, that being said, uh, the Suns and the Pacers, not that great. Nuggets could be good. So, you know, I'm just trying to take us back down to earth like Tom would. The Pacers looked good that first half. I was, they were, they're five and four coming into this game. And I was, I was thinking they looked pretty legit in that first half. And I mean, I guess the Knicks are just a little bit, little bit legitter. Yeah. I'm saying and, Jake was saying it in the, a lot of basketball podcast, same channel. If you're listening, uh, you can check that out. But DeMontis Sabonis, you know, he looked legit. Like he was, and I think Greg mentioned it too in the, a lot of basketball podcasts. They were just throwing it to him down, down low. And he was, you know, he had post moves and was just scoring. And as opposed to what Oklahoma city did with him was just park him on the three point line and you know, hope that Russ passed it to him, but he looked good. You know, he looked a, a lot like every player that the Knicks had just throwing, getting the ball down the post and doing post moves and scoring. Yeah, I got a couple things to say about the announcers today. So sure. Sabonis was balling, and Clyde Fraser was like, this guy looks good. I mean, there was times I saw him last year on the Thunder, and I was like, why is this guy in the starting lineup? He said that, and I was like, that's pretty funny. And then the other thing, Mike Breen, back to Porzingis, Mike Breen, there was one time when – Porzingis just did like a turnaround step through finger roll early in the first half or sometime in the first half. And he said, that's, that's a play that he couldn't do last year. And you see a lot of those from Porzingis. He's just, he is a lot stronger and he is a lot more talented last year when he tried to bank shots, they didn't go into the hoop. Uh, They were just like, Oh my God. And when you try to bank a shot and it doesn't go in, it is horrible. Yeah. But Porzingis, Looks good. He's he's again the win the the three wins this week. He's averaging thirty eight plus, which is crazy. I mean, we I I'm not gonna go through the whole circle, but I you know, Google YouTube the Stephen A. clip clips when they drafted Porzingis and the things he was saying, and now we've got this freak of nature that's <laughs> you you don't know where the limit ends because you've never seen anything like this. So I I don't know I I I guess the 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 other two notes <laughs> that I kind of had um which I no I I thought these were kind of dumb at first. Well, I've got a couple dumb ones that I'll just get out. Well, A the Nuggets win. Kylo Quinn went for 15 and 12 in 21 minutes. <laughs> kind of he's a beast when he's right. Um he's we're a we're psycho gonna, and I love it. We're we're going to talk more about him later. Um, Frank Nitty showed some flashes tonight. I'll actually, I'd, I'd love to hear you guys talk about Frank a little bit, just instant reaction and especially what he did tonight. Finished with 10 and seven in 24 minutes. So I'm going to go back to the preseason talking Knicks podcast when I said, um, I don't want you guys jumping on my bandwagon when this guy hits it big. And I said his floor was a three and D player. And tonight he played great D and he had two big threes. So, you know, uh, 
I don't want to say I'm clairvoyant, but you know, there's there, there's something there. Um, you know, I think Greg mentioned in a previous podcast. Sometimes he still looks like you know a rookie in that, you know, whatever the play is, he's going to run it. And uh, you know, sometimes, and that's to be expected from a 19 year old rookie. So like, I'm not worried about that, and I'm just really excited that you know he's well ahead of where I anticipated as a passer. And that was our question coming into the season: Could, can he be a point guard? And his passing ability has just been, you know, phenomenal. Like you said, seven assists tonight. He had an eight-assist game earlier this this week, I think. It, it's good to see, and I'm excited about it. Yeah, and to go off that being predictable running the play, he did that with 40 seconds left on that second-to-last Knicks possession or third-to-last Knicks possession when he ran the, the high pick-and-roll with Porzingis, and then he was just like, all right, Porzingis is – the man on this team, I got to give it to him. But Collison had already just like been like, this guy's about to pass the ball to Porzingis, so we just took it. Luckily, we were already up five at that point, so it wasn't like damning. But that could be bad. That would have been bad otherwise. And then just he hit that first for three in the in the fourth quarter, and then he got another. He missed it, and you were like, oh, I mean, I, that makes sense that he missed it. But then. Uh, one or two possessions later, they went back to him for th- for another three, and he just he still had he had it in him to shoot it. I mean, he wasn't he wasn't being shy, which was great to see. Uh, you'd think a lot of rookies, after missing a big three, just like that, would be scared to shoot another big three in that moment. I think the game was tied at that point when he shot that one, and so that gave us a three point lead. So it's great to see him ready to to shoot and ready to ball out. Yeah, this his his skill set is just fun, and I I mentioned it kind of last week. We didn't really know what we were gonna see this year from the the nineteen year old French kid, and there's such a skill set, and that's I mean that's equally exciting what Porzingis is doing. It it really is, and I I still we're we're gonna deep dive on Frank a little more later, so we'll circle back to it. But let's let's get into our layup lines. Let's I I know we're already grooving, but you still got to make the bunnies, babe. Um, I, the first thing, and I was actually going to circle this back to the Suns game was, um, and again, it is the Phoenix Suns. They had limited options. Booker did his thing. Everyone else was pretty terrible, but the defense looked good. And I mean, I'll, we'll build on it. Frank for a young player is playing good D. Um, but the, the defense looked pretty serviceable, but this week, I mean, we got straight up beat by the Rockets, which is fine. Um, but I, I don't know. I, it's, this is going to sound like a stupid statement, but you got to outscore the other team. If you're winning, they're doing that. And I, I don't know. We saw a little bit of Lance Thomas tonight and I don't know. There was just moments during the Suns game. It was Nick's basketball. I hadn't seen, and this is going to sound obnoxious, but I'll say it that we haven't seen since that two seed team, like, the, the defense looked like a passionate defense that was feeding off the crowd and like getting in the other team's head. So that's. Yeah. yeah. The defense did look good, better against the Suns. And then in the fourth quarter today, looked great. First half, not so much. Cantor against the pick and roll was really struggling early. But in the second half, when it was him and Frank running the, the defending the pick and roll, it, it got a lot better. Uh, so hopefully they figured they found something there to figure it out. And then Lance Thomas just 
played great D on Oladipo that entire fourth quarter. So I'm a fan. Yeah, and you know, building on everything you're saying, you know, the the bigs, Cantor in particular, in particular, like his his problem has never been effort, and he's going to go out there and he's going to give a lot of effort. And Kylo Quinn is going out there and giving a lot of effort. Um, Cantor's problem was that you know he had no idea what he was doing in offense, and it looks like you know he's he's not a hundred percent there where he's always doing the right thing, but a lot of the times he's just he's getting his hand up, he's he's going vertical and. He's doing much better than I was expecting from him. And Kylo Quinn has just been like I said, a beast, just attacking the boards and blocking shots and getting after everything and bringing a lot of energy. And I think that feeds to the rest of the team to the extent those two guys are going crazy. Like the rest of the team just has to match their effort, which Kylo Quinn, Kylo Quinn is just that great. Like you don't, you don't want to give him the Charles Oakley torch, but he's just this, big dude who comes in and plays mean and he's he's from new york he's he's been killing it and that's we're gonna have the knicks big guy talk because everyone's been having it but before we go there i i also want to say um and i kind of missed it before and ken i'm i'm gonna feed it to you uh it was it, it, i i wasn't even gonna mention this in the layup line but he's your boy the only highlight from the rockets game was dame dot dame yeah, yeah. I'm. Uh, I'm. I don't know if I've thrown this out there on the pod yet, but I know I've mentioned it to you guys. I, I think I have dreams of him being a Danny Green type, where he's just hitting shots and playing D. Um, and he is a lot more athletic than I realized. Like in the, I think it was both the Nuggets game and the Rockets game. He got a few minutes. In the Nuggets game, he got in, and I think he got like five rebounds in the three minutes that he played, which was great. And the Rockets game, he. Had a stutter step in transition, made the defender fall and hit the J in his face. And it was just like, what is this? This is awesome. We should do this all the time. Yeah, it's, it's going to be really it's going to be really interesting to see. I'm I'm not ready to anoint him as a Danny Green type yet. I, I would I love it. It's a dream. I said it's a dream. Right. You know? um, it, it's going to be interesting to see where he gets minutes on this team. Like he he ended up with 17 minutes in the Rockets game and went four for five. <laughs> and like you said, he had five rebounds in his six minutes in the Nuggets game. And it, it just, I guess what you like about it is when he's been coming in, he's playing with that like rookie kind of hair, hair on fire mentality. Like he doesn't know when his next minute's coming. So he's just going for it. So that was, that was our little Dame Dot shout out. The other thing I had in the layup line was still Jarrett Jack. The dude had 10 assists one game this week. I had, you know, we're, we love Frank and he's the future and all this, but man, just, <laughs> I, I feel like I could end up saying it every episode, but Jared Jack has been a blessing. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know if you guys were listening to it, but uh, after the Nuggets game, they were asking uh, Wally Zerbiak what Jared Jack was doing. That was so good. And it was helping the team so much. And I think he's got to be a talking Knicks listener because his response was, He's just giving it to KP. He's just giving it to the good players and like not doing anything stupid. And that's what we've been saying since day one is what they need from a point guard is someone to just not do stupid stuff and give the ball to our best players. And he's doing it. And you know, I'll let Greg talk about it, but he's been swagging it up too. And I love that as well. Yeah. He's been swagging against the, uh, the Suns. He was, he was passing the ball to the open man. He passed it to Hardaway, and he passed it to McDermott once. He just started celebrating, and then they both missed. 
which was sad. <laughs> but then he passes someone else and started celebrating, and they hit it, which was good. And it's good to have team swag. And, oh, it was the Porzingis dunk. That's what the, what the swag was. It wasn't a three. He did the spin, yeah. spin away pass. And he dunked it, and everyone was like, damn. People were impressed with the Porzingis dunk, but they were like, damn, Jared Jack swagging on him. And then Jared Jack, I mean, his shooting tonight against the Pacers was good, other than he took one, like, pull-up three, which it seems to be a thing that he does every game. He's like, all right, I'll take one pull-up three. I'm doing pretty good. They can't get too mad at me. Look at the other guys on the bench. What are they going to do, pull me? So he does that. He just takes that one shot, but he was like finishing layups and like driving today. Four for six. Behind the back the yeah, he was four for six today, which with some with some good finishing at the rim. So that was encouraging. I mean, I was I've wanted to see him score more, and eight points tonight is is more, and that's like good enough for me. If we're able to, he's able to do what he's been doing and score like. I don't know, seven or eight points a game. That's that's great. It's and like like I preface this show with you you won't find guys more excited about a five and four basketball team with a a thirty four year old washed up point guard averaging <laughs> averaging four six and four and talking about how he's borderline saved the season. Um, but no, it's it's one of those if. If you've been, if you look at the stats, you're saying, okay, that's what I expected from Jared Jack. I mean, if you watch the games, he's he's an impactful part of the team, which has has really been awesome. I I know he's been banged up a couple years. Um, before his before his last injury, his years in Brooklyn, he was, I mean, over 32 games in 15, 16, he was a 13 13 and seven and a half assist guy. So. He, when he's balling right, it looks pretty good. I I like what Greg mentioned. There has been like one or two shots a game. You're like, oh, easy, Jarrett. Okay, like we we like what you're doing, but leave, leave that for the other guys. But, yeah, if, if your name is Jack, Jack Strobel, listener to the show, buy a Jarrett Jack jersey. It's a need, not a want. Um, all the proceeds don't go to us. I don't know. But that, those are those are pretty much the layups today. Um, so I for the mid range floater kind of the popular topics that we're starting to flow and I I think I I mean they're big situations. We we've already touched on this one, but man Frank Frank Nitty French Sinatra whatever you want to call him French Prince the Fresh Prince of is there end to that? The Fresh Prince of the Garden, something like that. No, it's the, the French the, Prince. The French Prince of Madison yeah. Square. Okay, Madison Square. That that uh, was the part I was missing. Yeah. Um, man, he's. Uh, I I talked about the skill set. The dude is showing. He's got a pretty fluid shot, and he's he's making them at a decent clip so far. He, like you said, seven assists tonight. I mean, we. I wanted to see what I've seen in the past week. I was hoping to see those moments from him over the season. Like that's, that's a very sincere statement, which is wild. And like I, I preached about it for about 60 minutes last time, but with Jared Jack doing the old man role and Frank Nitty being the young bull, it's I've God, it's been so delightful. I'm not going to be mean to Baker sessions, but man, 
I, I mean, it's, it's been absolute night and day. Yeah. And to, to talk about Frank's defense, I, I mean, I didn't think he would be this good at defense. He's a rookie. Rookies aren't this good at defense this early. And he's been like really, really good on defense. And uh, it hasn't been like Shumpert when he was a rookie, he was also really good on defense, but he doesn't look like Shumpert playing defense at all. Where Shumpert was like pressing up on his man, Frank's really just using his length to like to guard people, and he looks like that's he's going to be able to do that forever. Whereas Shumpert has fallen off as a defender because I don't know he tore his ACL and he now he's like can't do what he used to do. But Frank just has the frame that he's using. He's not using like super athleticism or anything. He just knows he's just playing defense the right way. Yeah, and you know. There was that moment at the end, I think it was the third quarter in the, the Rockets game, uh, where he just really excited the Garden crowd, just guarding uh, James Harden one-on-one. And, you know, he, he used that length and he made Harden lose the ball. And then, like, Harden ultimately shot an air ball at the end of the half and everyone – or at the end of the court and everyone just kind of went crazy. And, like, throughout that game you saw it because he was on Harden for, you know, a lot of his minutes and he took his cookies, like, one or two times and it's just like that's that guy probably should have won MVP last year like you're a rookie what are you doing man but like it's you know it, it's great to see and it's something that New York hasn't had in a in a while yeah so if you really think about it we we kind of went 4-0 this week because that play against Harden was a win in and in of, of its right. own Nick's, yeah. Nick's 4-0 week first reported here yeah I, I'm, I'm in the stats man he had Three steals tonight, five steals against Houston, two against Denver. He didn't have one against Phoenix. He had two against Cleveland the game before that. I mean, leading all rookies and steals. Rookies, especially point guards, usually get abused. And this guy's playing solid, which really, again, we're when you're talking about someone this young, you're thinking about skill set, right? And I mean, I what the the line from forty year old virgin, I think he's what's he say? Extrapolate that. <laughs> like that's like that's what we're doing right now. Like we're seeing a dude who can shoot, who can pass, who can play defense. I I mean, I guess what do we want what do we want to see more of? I know we've talked a little bit, we haven't seen him go to the tin too much. Um that's also a body development thing, but what else? Yeah, he finished the layup against the Suns, which was good. But I mean, I'll stick with driving, maybe the mid-range jumper. But I don't know. What do you think, Ken? I mean, I got a, I got a few things on my list, and I, it's a weird feeling because, like, I don't think that there's ever been this situation where you have a rookie developing and everyone's just so excited that we're just kind of like not really worried about the mistakes because he's 19 year old. Ken, so, like, Ken, other teams have had cares? this. We haven't had this. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying, I'm saying, like, is this what it's like to be a Sixers fan at all times? Like, you can just go out there and be terrible or like not play an entire season, no one cares. Like, that must be great. Uh, but Frank's out there. He's uh, he had some foul trouble early on, and I think you know that's just a part of learning the speed of the NBA. And then, like kind of like we said earlier, there's there's some times where he just you know, tries to go to with the play rather than you know if he sees an opening. I know he gave he passed up a couple like wide open layups just trying to to pass to people today. And it's like those are. They're, they're mistakes that you, you don't want to see, but, you know, it's something that you kind of expect from a 19-year-old rookie. But he, he's still got, you know, a lot of good things out there 
that that he's showing that it's easy for us to just kind of overlook that and i'm happy to because why would i worry about the bad stuff yeah second youngest player in the league also that's that's good for us well who's the first youngest i'm blanking on it i saw them play a week bam no it's uh bam? og i think og no it's ek the pacers they were talking about it during the game today yeah that's right um yeah, man, I that's we'll uh I've I've got a one liner I'm gonna save at the end of the show. Remind me if I forget. It's it's to bring down the house, maybe. I don't know. I'm gonna do your job for you. Yes, thank you. Um so the the other thing that I so so part of this is the bigger topic and we were getting a lot of comments on this on Twitter. And I think it's it's almost time to deep dive on it. Um the other thing that I want to get in that's leading up to this is, man, the role players, the role players are fitting their well, the role players are fitting their roles perfectly. There's, there's your hot take, everyone. Go uh, take that, Kellerman. But no, it's like in a series. I was, I was going through the box scores this week, and I mean, Doug is kind of he's coming in. He's being an offensive threat of sorts. He had. A huge throwdown this week, which we love, obviously. Um, Lance Thomas is starting to find a niche. I wonder if I told you Lance Thomas was plus 23 in tonight's game in 17 minutes. That's pretty um, good. That's best pretty good. on the team. Um, man, a really weird plus minuses if you look at tonight's box score. Canner plus 20, Porzingis plus 20, Lance Thomas plus 23, and then – what do we got? Tim Hardaway Jr.'s minus one. There's and after that, there's a bunch of minuses. I mean, NBA game of streaks, and those numbers can look like that. But um, I, man, you just you go down the lineup. A Cantor, Jared Jack. I've said everything about. Um, we gotta talk about Courtney Lee at some point. Dougie Fresh, Courtney Lee, Courtney Lee. I guess he's the one that seemed. Man, he he hasn't looked like. I don't know. For me, he hasn't looked like as good as he has been in the past. I don't know. I mean, he's he's 32. The, this team looks a lot different than the other team, and maybe he's the only piece that's not really finding his role. But to be honest, a lot of his numbers, they're they're on with his career stuff. He's usually like a 10-point-a-game guy, plays some solid he's, D. He's shooting 41 42% from three, and it's like – Here's, here's what was crazy to me. I was thinking about it earlier this week. Is like last year, Courtney Lee was our second or third best player on any given night, and now he's just like completely lost in the shuffle. What does that tell you about this team? Like, Courtney Lee was the guy when Mello was out and like KP wasn't playing well. He was the guy that would get the ball down the stretch and just like do stuff. It's I mean, like, Cor- what what happened? Courtney Lee is like Jake said. He's still doing the same thing that he's been doing. I think the only thing is that he dropped down. We, now he's behind Porzingis, Cantor, and Hardaway. Hardaway. And so he's yeah. he's not doing anything bad. He hasn't looked bad at any point, I don't think. But he's not sticking out. But he, he's a role player and I think he's yeah. filling that role. Uh yeah, I'm not I'm not saying he's playing bad. Uh, I think he's playing great. Um he's playing solid D. It's not kind of up to to his standards that he's played in the past, but he, like Jake said, he's 30, 32 years old, but you know, he's shooting 42% from three and playing solid day. And like, 
It's just, this is what they brought him in to be, to be a role player on a team with Derrick Rose and Carmelo Anthony, but instead he's being that, you know, exactly what they were hoping for, except it's with, you know, Kristaps Porzingis and Enes, Enes Kanter and Tim Hardaway Jr. Yeah, he kind of got lit up by Booker, but Booker's pretty legit. Booker's good. He wasn't. He wasn't getting any help. I, I don't know if you guys saw, he was just screaming at Enos Cantor at one yeah. point. Like, what, <laughs> help me. This guy is so good. I need help. This guy, he's already got 30 or something. But, I mean, Courtney Lee, good in my book. Keep it up. Good in my book. Cantor. Yeah. I don't know what you did in the fourth quarter, Cantor. Yeah, and this, I mean, this is the big topic amongst not even role players, but just – you know, the conversations turned a little bit on this team. Like, it was almost like, let's be as bad as we can. And then it's like, okay, well, let's kind of see what these guys get. Still kind of want the pick. But um, but the, the kind of – another big part of the of what's make, making this situation happen is Kylo Quinn. I, again, <laughs> these stats are making me crack up a little bit because, again, when you're watching, it looks a lot different. Kylo Quinn's averaging six and six on the season, but man, he looks like there's times when he looks borderline possessed out there. And he like, he plays like a big mean four or five, but he, he can also stretch it a little bit on offense. He dropped some dimes too this week. Um, and so the, the elephant or the other role player, I guess, who's not getting in is Kylo Quinn or excuse me, <laughs> just talked about Kylo Quinn. It's it's Willie, Billy, Will Bill, Hernan Gomez. Um, he's just he's not getting the consistent minutes. We were told he's a part of the future. I mean, he was he was a you know top three guy you were kind of excited to see this year for the Knicks, and now we're not. And you know, I I'll let you guys figure out where you want to draw the line, whether it's this year or not. But you know, Cantor, Cantor has been. I, my OKC buddy said it. He's a great regular season player. He, he In the postseason, if you get him on the wrong guy offensively, you're screwed. But, man, he's been so fun to watch. And, obviously, contracts and stuff are a factor. How do we see this playing out the rest of the year? And maybe a little bit of a taste of how you think the whole thing sorts out? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 tough with Noah coming back as well. I know we've been talking about that. but. At this point, you, I, I think the reason Hornacek is playing Kylo Quinn is because he's better than Hernan Gomez. And it makes sense. The, Kylo Quinn is very good. He's a very good backup center. And we thought that last year. The Knicks wanted a first-round pick for him last year at the deadline. They didn't deal him because nobody wanted to give, a, give that up. But he's he's been a good backup center. He he energizes, which doesn't that doesn't show up in the stat book, but he's he's a good guy to have around your team. He's a New York guy. He's just good personality. Gives gives a hundred percent on the floor every night, and like that he blocked Tyler Ulis uh, against the Suns, and then just started screaming, and that that gets the the garden going too. And just a good guy to have on your team, so it makes it tough to to put in Billy, but maybe. Long term, it's probably Billy based on the contract situation with uh, Kylo Quinn as a player option for next year that 
I don't know. He, I, I would guess he declines because it's only for like $4 million. But the market nowadays is just like uh, you can either make $10 million or you can make the minimum. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, my whole thing is the Knicks are in a weird spot right now, right? Because everyone was expecting them to be bad. And I think their plan going into the season was to showcase these players and just trade them. And now it's like they're winning. So, like, you can't just go out there and trade a guy that's, like, killing it while you're winning in order to lose more games because it looks terrible. Like, like, like Greg said, Kyle Quinn has a, a player option for next year. You know, maybe the Knicks do what the Yanks did with Aroldis Chapman, you know, and just trade him and then he comes back. That's my dream. I like that. <laughs> um, but the, the, the thing is, like, Cantor is good. Like people, people question him because he has such a big contract and you know, he's only got, he's got two years left on it. But if, if he had a, a contract that was a little longer, they might like think about keeping him over, over Billy, but Billy's got an extra year on a much better contract. So like, I don't know, like there's a possibility that Cantor, if they keep him, he plays well for the next two years. And then he just leaves in the middle of you know, when they're getting ready to start to compete. Whereas Whereas uh, Billy can, you know, they have, they have for an extra year. So I, I just, I think not because of any player situation, any, the way anyone's playing, but you know, Billy has got to be the one that they, they focus on keeping. Yeah. And to, to go off with, uh, with Cantor's contract, it's funny when you, you look at a player's contract, then you look at their production. And like you said, people will say like Cantor's not that good because of his contract, but then, I'm going to get into a little bit around the league right now, but with like a guy like Jay Crowder, I've been, I talked to my Celtics friends and to my Cavs friends, and they say Jay Crowder is one of those guys, you're, his contract is like it was signed before and it's so small nowadays that he kind of gets overrated because he makes that little money. They say, oh, this guy's one of the biggest steals in the league. So you think he's like really good, but he's like, Maybe he should be making $4 million more. He's a $10 million player for $6 million. Whereas Cantor, you got, I don't know, $14 million player for $18 million. So thinking about the contract and the player gets – it makes it a little difficult. It is It is funny, right? It was a big thing doing talking Yanks this year. Ellsbury would get a ton of hate because he was the fourth outfielder making huge money. And, you know – he would he would do well and people were still pissed off because he he's not the all-star player that the Yanks when they signed him they wanted to be so that expectation is crazy because it's all it's it's skewed from the start right you don't even form your own opinion if if you saw Cantor play a game and Jay Crowder play a game and you didn't know anything about the contracts you know you you could be saying Cantor deserves more but that's it's yeah. it's not how it works. That perception's funny. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Cantor's only twenty five, so he he fits within their you know age bracket in terms of what he's doing. Like Billy's a few more a few years younger, but he's within that range where they could go in that direction and keep him, and then have him in you know in his late twenties when Kristaps is hitting his prime. And but you know because of that contract, because he only has two years, Billy has three. I just I, I, I don't know how they're going to figure that out, uh, but I think it's going to favor Billy. Also, Billy, boys with KP, played together in, uh, in Sevilla. 
So if, that can't be you, underestimated. If you two had to place a bet today that when Cantor's contract's up in what, two seasons, right? So this year, next year, and then he's a free agent. If you had to, if you had to bet that third season, if Cantor was going to be a Nick, yay or nay? I'd bet if yes. he makes. I would say yes. I'd say, yeah, and I'd say if he makes it that far, then yes. Um, I I think Kyle O'Quinn's going to end up being the odd man out. Uh, to be honest, and joking, no, I don't think they care that he makes twenty million dollars. I think he's just going to sit on the end of the bench. Um, so if, once Kyle O'Quinn is gone, again, I think just because of the contract situation, he's going to be the odd man out. Um, I think that's going to clear some room for, for Billy to play a few more minutes, and then maybe they don't need to move Cantor. And then if they still want to move Cantor next season, he's an expiring contract, so still possible. But once they clear out that logjam, I think they're going to have a few extra minutes to go around, and Cantor and, and Billy could possibly coexist. Yeah, and I got to retract my yes answer because I'm basing it off of the 5-4 and four start this year, assuming that <laughs> this is the playoff team. So, I mean, if it keeps going good, we could keep him around. Uh, I'd say Joe Kim Noah won't be on the team that third year. That'll be the, that'll be the final year of his deal, and he'll, yeah. either, he'll either get uh, cut and they'll just pay out his final year over three years or he'll get traded somehow because it's he'll be an expiring deal so then you'll have i mean o'quinn will be up after that after those two years anyway so it'll you'd have Cantor and willie and willie's only making like less than two million dollars for that last year so you could afford to play Cantor a lot i've, I've had joe kim noah penciled in as a player coach for about through midway last season because like the young guys like him you feel like he still knows how to play, but you watch him sometime and you're like, how, why does your jump shot look like that? But we'll, we'll have – I bet Joe Kim Noah has a couple good games this year, right? Yeah, I think he's a good player. I, I think that other than – like he – it hurts to watch him play offense. He misses layups. Right. I mean, you don't – and when you're missing layups, you don't appreciate the passes that he's making because you're like, this guy can't even make a layup, get him off the court. But, I mean, he, other than his, his inability to shoot free throws and make a layup, which you expect from a basketball player, I think he's good. So it's like a Roberson thing where, like, he can't make a shot at all. So he's, I automatically think he's the worst player, but his defense is actually I, elite. But Noah's defense isn't elite. He's just, he's just okay at everything yeah. else. I don't. I don't think he's gonna play at all. Like uh, people are giving the Knicks flack because they're playing old guys, but those old guys are Sessions and Jack, and their only other option at that position is their 19-year-old rookie, and they can't play him all of the minutes. Although they tried tonight, played him down the end of the stretch. But like Courtney Lee's a little older, but you know they'd have to play one of those other guys at two if they're not gonna play Courtney Lee. At the five and four, they have plenty of young players who they're going to. You know, play more so i just don't see joe kino really getting that many minutes greg mentioned it oh, hornacek is playing to win this year it's not in his contract to rebuild he's he's trying to win games so i that it's going to be interesting to see if joe kino has a couple good games where when this guy's right he fits on this kind of team right he runs the court he plays good defense he's an emotional player he's he's actually one of the best passing big men people forget because 
it's so ugly to watch him shoot and he's been hurt yeah but i mean this guy had seasons where he averaged five plus assists from the center position so um something to watch when noah comes back i I don't know if it's exciting or not but something to watch yeah and i think he he might fit better down the stretch with his with his defense and not needing an offensive weapon like Cantor when you have Porzingis, if you have Frank making shots, and if you have Hardaway finally able to come around, then you you would want like a defense first option. Whereas Cantor is an offensive first option, and we we were saying he was horrible on defense in the first half today, and we were thankful for what he did in the fourth quarter. But hopefully that stays around. But like your OKC friend says. Maybe the defense isn't going to stick around for Cantor. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll see. I I I think that's I think that was the most popular conversation around Nick Nation this week, just because that I, and who's going to get cut is another is another the next question. Right, and there's some of the cheese rumors. I I I think we'll save that for when it happens. I I don't think <laughs> I don't think our guesses would even help that rumor mill. And I, so, you know, we just had this, you know, 10, 20 minute, and was that three hours we were talking about the Knicks big men? And the whole reason that this situation is relevant or even an issue right now is our dagger this week, man, Chris Stapp's Porzingis. <laughs> uh, we, we just, I just talked about Joachim Noah's past highlights. When we've got this dude who's going he's going for 40 every night we've we've mentioned the mamba mentality he he actually like has that which i don't know again you have this seven seven three unicorn thought process going through your head and then you think about the way he's attacking dudes and he looks no i was gonna say mvp this. <laughs> no, he does. Right, so. right now, he's in there. Right, right now, right buying games, he's in there. But I, he's he's been. There's all this room. I'm coming in the season. We didn't know. I, he never, you know, Carmelo Anthony's Carmelo Anthony. He he drew a good defender. Chris Stapps kind of had to earn his keep a little bit, and he he definitely did, but. You know, he was going to be the number one option on again. <laughs> you, you said it, you know, Chris Stapps was going to be the number one option on a team that their number two option last year was Courtney Lee. <laughs> so we knew Chris Stapps was going to get the whole kitchen sink. He's the one the one player that people really know about New York. I mean, have we fully changed the Knicks season expectations, mostly because of him? And, like, where do we think this ends up? I mean, even like a – if he ends up a top five MVP candidate, I mean, that would still be – nobody really expected that. So I'm, I'm going to just say my expectations for this season, I'm, I still don't think we're, we're, you know, five and four or whatever we are right now. Um, we've beat a lot of bad teams. Like, who's the best team we beat? Like Cleveland, who just lost to the Hawks tonight and are playing just terribly on the season. Yeah, the conference get... champions. Ken, yeah. come on. Yeah. I, they're, we caught them at, a, at the right time because they're playing just terribly. And then, you know, the Nuggets are, you know, everyone's thinking they're going to be a good team, but they've been hot and cold to start the season. You know, we caught them at a cold night. So, like, I think we need to temper the expectations a little bit. I think we're a lot better than most people thought going in, but I, I still don't think we're, we're 
were at best challenging for that eight seed. So we need to temper that expectation. But again, to get back onto the the bright point, which is KP, he's he is killing it. And I have to me- wonder what you know Phil Jackson is doing thinking at home, watching KP just hit mid range jumper after mid range jumper over his defender. It's like where where was this last year, man? But it's it's great to see him just shooting over people and he is trying to dunk on absolutely everyone. And he's he this week he caught two ridiculous alley oops that like when the pass went up, I'm like, there's no way he's gonna catch that. Like that's going over the backboard and he just grabbed it and yammed it. So like this guy this guy is the unicorn. You know, he he's special and it's it's very exciting to watch. I'll push back on Kenny Thomas to temper expectations. Thank um, you. Well, let's make the playoffs. Let's do it. The thing about Porzingis has been going off. Maybe he can't keep it up. But Tim Hardaway Jr. has been bad. He's he's not been making shots. I got he, I got thoughts on Timmy. If if you want me to to throw him out now. No, I'll probably just keep talking about what I was talking about. But <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, so Tim Hardaway Jr. has just been. He just misses wide open shots that he should be making, like that he gets paid paid to make. Tonight, he's just one for seven from three. The other day, he was three for eleven from three. He's our shooter. I mean, both of those games, he ended up doing pretty well. Uh, twenty twenty one or twenty three last game, sixteen tonight. And he was missing like open threes last game, but then he he makes the most ridiculous drives, and you're like, how? Well, first of all, why did you shoot that? Second of all, how did that go in? And like he needs to get more more the there was one streak, it might have been last week when I don't know, he had like zero points or two points the entire game, and then he just scored eight in a row. He just hit two threes and he drove to the basket, and then you you just saw that he was like an angry person who knew that he was good at basketball. We need that mentality from him. And if he starts contributing, even if KP I don't know, has an off night, scores 20. We got another guy who, who can put up 30. I mean, he's, he's just missing wide open shots. And also, if McBucket starts making threes, he's, he's our other shooter. He's been missing. The, uh, I don't think we're shooting very well from three. Uh, I'm not going to look at the stats, but if you just watch the game, the shooters aren't making wide open three-pointers. And so if we get that, KP keeps it up. Uh, I guess we'll probably win the championship. I think. Definitely. Definitely. Bingo. Yeah. I mean, I'll listen yeah. to Kenny talk about THJ now. What do you got, Ken? So I, I just have, you know, I was I started wondering it tonight, but like, is this who THJ is? Because like if you take out the first three games and look at his stats, like for the last five, I think it is, like they're pretty similar to his career stats as far as shooting and things. So is he just a guy that like will launch a bunch of shots and just miss them. And then all of a sudden he'll score like 10 points in a three minute uh, period. And then like his stats even out over time. Like I haven't seen him since he left the Knicks much, like a few times a season against, uh, against the Hawks. But I'm thinking just based on the stats, maybe this is just who he is. Like, please someone tell me I'm wrong. Cause like, I'm hoping not. Cause I hate watching it. His, his, his percentages on the year are still below his averages. I think he normally, yeah. He's shot in uh, 35% from three in the past. He's shooting 32% out 
Um, he's shooting 38% from the field this year. I know he, he came out and was just atrocious, and you kind of have to throw those away. But I don't have him in front of me, but I looked at his stats from last uh, from the, just the last five games, and they're you know his three point percentage is actually up a tick in the last five games versus his uh, his career number or her, his last season's numbers, and his two point uh, field goal percentage is, is down a little bit. But other than that, they're they're pretty similar numbers, and so like I just don't know if that's just who he is. But yeah, the- his his sorry, Greg, I, I I do have the stats. I'm not supposed to be the stats guy, guys. Um, the past five, he 35 minutes, 46% from 47% from the field, which is a little high, higher than his stuff, but he's developing. Uh, 35% from three, kind of his average. And over the past five, he's averaging 21, four and four. And I, I guess my my note as I pass it to Greg is, you know, Tim Hardaway Jr. is averaging 16, three and three, and it still like still feels like he's leaving a lot out there. Yeah, I mean, I. Like I said before, he's just missing wide open shots, and you'd think even if that's who he's been in the past, he's never been the number two option. So that just needs to be practice. He just practice, 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 and then he'll just start hitting that shots. Because if if he's going to be the number two option, he's going to have to be making not wide open shots, and if he can't make the wide open shots, then we we're going to have problems. So. Like I said, he was making the heavily contested shots and missing the wide open shots today. So he's an interesting character. I think, like, like we say, or this is going to be something that we're going to say now and again. Sometimes the ball doesn't go in. You know, yep. you could be a good shooter, ball doesn't go in. Hot take. I think, I think he's good. I think he'll be good. I think the ball start. Falling more. I'm surprised he's shooting 47%, to be honest, because it's – The past it, five. All right, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's been ugly. I think a lot of that was one game where he went off. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, and I – you know, again, I'm not supposed to be the stat guy, so I, I don't have this one. But I think in the article that Tom wrote, the Tim Hardaway article, that we you could probably find at a lot of basketball somewhere – I, I think he said that Tim Hardaway's finishing in the paint numbers towards the second half yep. of last season were elite, yep. which you know, we're talking about some of his crazy finishes. Maybe that could be the dude's skill set. So yep. I, I don't know. Rim well, too. 16-3-3, and like Greg said, he's been, <laughs> he's been missing the easy stuff. And, and to Ken's point, if the last five games is the sample size you want to use, this could be the t- – the 20 point per game shooting guard that we gave this contract to. And again, <laughs> contract expectations and all that. Um, I don't know. I think 16, three and three is definitely, if you ask me an over under for the year, end of the year, you're going to bet the over. Yeah, I um, think so. I agree. All right. Well, that was, uh, that was, that was the main chunk of the show. Uh, I really good stuff reviewing this past week. I loved it. Um, Next week, and we'll we'll start to talk about tempering our excitement, this, that, and the other. We got home versus Charlotte. Should be a good game. Shout out, shout out to Kemba. Always our boy. Um, at Orlando, who Kevin McGovern on a lot of basketball said they're a contender. And then we're home versus Sacto again. So <laughs> I I don't want to get the, the loonies going. 
Those are three winnable games. Those are three winnable games. I was, they they mentioned the stat tonight uh, on the Knicks game, but the leading scorer for Sacramento is De'Aaron Fox at twelve point seven a game, which is bad. Like not good. I don't even know. And and this this was a team that everyone was talking about like over the offseason how well they did. They picked up some big veterans, Zach Randolph and Vince Carter and. You know, they had the, a few rookies that they picked up in De'Aaron Fox and uh, Harry Giles, maybe. Um, but, like, they just look bad. I don't know. Yeah. But, and again, I, I just don't know what's happening there. And also, the Magic game. The Magic uh, lost to the Bulls by 22 earlier this week. Yeah. And the Bulls are very bad. And then today they lost to the Celtics by a good amount. So maybe they've come back to earth. And we're, we're, the Knicks are now leaving earth. So, so I'm, I'm, we'll see you I'm, later, Magic. <laughs> that's, that's not good. Hopefully we'll edit that. Um, no, I, so here's, I, I'm going to make this a twofold question and answered half of it. So I guess it's a one hold question. I don't know. But when we were talking about the Knicks season before, Ken, you sound like if you see everything going right for the Knicks, yeah, you could see them in like the eighth spot. Yeah, Greg, you're being half sarcastic, but you're uh-huh. half buying into this. You're no, I'm I'm in the eighth spot as well. Okay, well, how about this? I'd be pumped with the eighth spot if if the Knicks again three winnable games, and this is just straight hype wagon. Do you think that would change the expectation? We, I don't. For me personally, just because we still have think about it. We, yeah. haven't, we haven't played anyone good. Like we played two good teams who are playing terribly at the at the moment. So like, even if we win these three games, like these aren't very good teams. The East doesn't have good teams. That's the beauty of it. We lost yeah. by like thirty to the Celtics. They got lucky. Sometimes the ball doesn't go in. <laughs> that's, nice. that's true. That's, 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 what what that's full circle. That's what we'll say about every single loss. <laughs> that's uh, good coaching. Yeah, we've, that's our fortieth loss in a row. But you know, sometimes <laughs> it's not the it's not the team; it's just the ball. That, yeah, that, that so is true. The the thing that I I will fuel the fire with that I think makes it even different and would make the Knicks. I think if they won this, if they win the whole week, three and zero, Nick Nick talk is going up. People are going to start making home court playoff rumors, that kind of stuff. I guess the, the the part that I think needs to be mentioned is the Knicks were so bad those first couple games with Baker and Sessions. Sorry, <laughs> but like, I mean, those what was it? Three games almost seem. Like, those they aren't in my brain. Yeah. Yeah. When when you're watching this team play now, that other team isn't even there. So yeah. that makes it, instead of 8-4, and four, it seems like they're 8-1. and one. We're winning it. I don't know, guys. I'll, I'll say this, though. Like, I feel like Will having flashbacks to the upside down. But in that Houston game, like, there were flashes of that team that got smashed those first three games. There were, I think, three or four times in the first half where they just, like, passed the ball out of bounds instead of to a player. 
So like, it's still in there. We just got to keep it way deep down inside and never speak of it again. Yeah. And you saw that against night when we were losing by 19 late in the third quarter when you were, and I was like, hey, maybe we should start talking Knicks early because this isn't going well. <laughs> and I don't know, maybe that one quarter, should, should we base it off the one quarter? Or should we base it off the three quarters before? <laughs> yes. Who knows? I, I think the answer is pretty obvious because we did a good job in the one quarter that mattered. So let's yes. just disregard the three quarters prior. I agree. All right. That's it. So I got one last thing. Yeah. Not on yeah. there. Is this your one statement? It is my one liner. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if it's a one liner, one statement, what it is. You mentioned he who shall not be named, Phil Jackson. I made I made the joke, I think a year and a half ago when Phil was doing terrible and I still like wanted to defend him for some reason. I I was joking that there's going to be a book written in a decade that's called Why Phil Jackson Won the Knicks the Championship. And it's, it's because in, in my roots, I mean, he did so many terrible things. We could, we could do a whole podcast on that. But at the end of the day, we could be looking back and saying, that dude got us Frank and Porzingis. Two, guy, two guys that weren't sexy picks either. They weren't. A lot of people were yelling for a lot of other different names. So you mentioned him before. What's Phil doing? He's out in Montana, not caring about anything. But I'm thinking there could be a day when this dude's like, (laughs) you guys all hated me. I was doing something right. Yeah. Yeah, But part of the reason they're doing well this year is because they have an actual NBA offense that works like in the era of analytics when people realize that three points are worth more than two. Um, so like while he did some good stuff, him being the driving factor, they couldn't win with him there. So like, maybe it's good that we had him do that good stuff and then kicked him out. Cause if he was still here, we would still be terrible. And I'm you know, hundred percent convinced of that. Yeah. Um, Phil did a good job drafting. Isaiah Thomas also did a good job drafting to be honest. But there's more to a basketball team than drafting. Yes. So, yes, you did a good job picking the players. You did a bad job telling <laughs> everyone that your best player was horrible and you didn't want him <laughs> on your team. And the so. Suns haven't learned from that. Yeah, um, right? Other thing I got to mention. Uh, Final thoughts. Two years ago, I think the Knicks were – uh, 21 and 21 or 22 and 22 before a 10 game losing streak that led to Derek Fisher being fired. Um, last year, the Knicks were 14 and 10 at one point and all went downhill from there, but we're five and four this year and it's only going to go up. I assume, I assume those two years are going to are different for some reason. <laughs> and Greg kind of stealing a little bit of what I was going to say in my final thoughts, which was um, Derek Fisher's first year. I think he started maybe one and zero or two and zero, and he had a winning season through like the first or a winning record through the first few games. And I remember reading a network tweet that was like, "I'm ready to run through a wall for this guy. Like he's got it all. Like we're, we we got this." <laughs> yeah. And then it just turned out he was the worst coach in possibly NBA history. Definitely Knicks history. They had the worst record ever under him, right? So, 
Thanks to Phil Jackson. Fan. Yeah. Yeah, thanks to Phil Jackson. Nine games, fam. Fan, fans of the podcast. Um, yeah, guys, I, I think we kind of touched it all. Um, really, really I, good, really good. So what do you got? Hit me. I don't, I, I don't want to end on a bad, on a negative note. So I just want to throw out again. KP, just yeah. slamming on everyone. The GOAT, the unicorn. Thank, thank you, future, Chris. This is the future. Thank, thank you, Chris Stapps, for making this fun. Otherwise, we'd be talking about Stranger Things. Yeah, Stranger Things slash Willie Hernan Gomez's hairdo. But um, we thank you guys for listening. Um, subscribe. A lot of basketball. We do we do the talking Knicks to to get out to you guys for Monday morning, and then we do a you know a lot of basketball. We we kind of talk around the whole league. So if you're into that. Um, and we do some post-game write-ups and follow us on Twitter, talk Knicks, um, and that's for myself and the, the Brothers Boom. We'll, uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Congrats, Boom. Rob. Hey, Knicks. Hey, good talk. We talked a lot of Knicks. A lot of Thanks. 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 Knicks.